Imagine a world without waste. Imagine if you could make products and packaging right every time. It's possible with the help of SpecRite, the first cloud-based platform for specification data management. You can track and report on material usage year over year, run LCAs with the click of a button, and comply with new packaging regulations like EPR and the UK plastics tax. Go to specrite.com backslash sustainability to learn more. Now back to the show. Hey, today's podcast is brought to you by Myers Printing, which happens to be where I work as a senior vice president and coincidentally is the best sustainable printing company in the entire United States. Myers is a third generation family business on a mission to create a sustainable future for people, products, and our planet. We're proud to help the important work of the United Nations at COP28. For more information about Myers, the awesome products we manufacture, and our commitment to sustainability, click the link below in the show notes or reach out to me on LinkedIn or just through the Substack app. Join Myers in building a greener future, one package at a time. Well, hello, everyone. This is a podcast episode that has been long overdue, I would say. Uh, so for those of you who don't know, I, I a lot of the conversations I have here on the podcast, it's, it's the first time that I've actually talked to the person. Uh, so we get connected through whatever means... Uh, PR or we connect up on LinkedIn, whatever it is. I say, hey, do you want to come on my podcast? And it's, it's literally the first conversation we have. This is the, whatever that is, this conversation is the opposite of that. <laughs> um, I am joined by Vicki Stroll and Vicki and I met uh, about seven or eight years ago um, at WS Packaging, pour one out for our dead homies, that company has been swallowed up. Uh, when I was there and Vicki came on in a was it a CMO? Kind it was of a, I, yeah, it was really a chief design officer kind of role. Chief design chief officer. Yeah, chief design, chief creative officer, that kind of a role. Yeah, well, anyway, we met and it was lovely and we've stayed in touch ever since then. And I cannot believe I've gone nearly five years and not had Vicky on my podcast is a shame. But uh, Vicky is a packaging designer. She is a brand strategist. She is an incredible person to follow on LinkedIn. She's also the chief creative at Vicky Stroll Creative Collective. Vicky, welcome officially, finally, to the People of Packaging podcast. Thank you. It's about time. <laughs> uh, it's been... We did so. We th I thought we did one because uh, this was during uh, in the throes of COVID. I was just making webinars because I was like, I don't know what else to do. I got this camera, and so I had Vicky uh, come on with uh, with my good friend um, uh, Derek Sims, and also uh, Guy Beebe, and we did a little webinar YouTube video uh, about some of the stuff they're doing with HP Indigo and. I know Vicky's done a lot of work with HP and um, so that's out there, but never turned it into a podcast format. Maybe I just grab the audio and do that, but uh, not just Vicky. This is just Adam and Vicky time. Uh, so Vicky, for the people who don't know you, I, I'm going to do a worse job than you will of explaining who you are and what it is that you do and what, you know, what will get you excited about what your job is. Okay. So if you don't know me, um, I'm a, the way I describe it is I'm a graphic designer by trade, but it's so much more than that. 
because I do a lot of strategy work. I work with brands. I do a lot of packaging design. I got into the niche of packaging design when I was working with you at WS. And then also I was doing a lot of work with HP. So it's interesting that you mentioned both of those at the outset of the podcast. And I also do some consulting for um, some of the suppliers. So one of my clients is Sappy, who makes paperboard. And so I do some packaging consulting for them in terms of design and how to connect with designers. And I do some design for them and some research for them and variety of things. But really, if you wanted to just get the essence, I'm a designer and we designers, we love to create. Um, and I love when I'm in flow designing. Mm, I love that. <laughs> I, I've said this multiple times on the podcast and and uh, I will I will say it again that I, I genuinely believe that our ability to create is the most divine thing about humanity. Um, it really is wonderful. And and we we do live. I'm not going to get on my get off my lawn soapbox old man person, but uh, we do live in a society where consumption has has increased significantly. Um, consumption of data, consumption of content, consumption of video, you know, all of that stuff. Right. And and I just love meeting fellow creatives like yourself, because it's it's not like you are, quote, just a graphic designer, though. There's plenty of people who are really awesome at their job and they do that. But the the you pull that thread of creation and creating all the way through, you know, even even to your I, I like I mentioned at the beginning, your LinkedIn content is incredible. You get a ton of engagement on it. It's very thoughtful. Um, I've seen you present now a few different times and, and your presentations are very creative. Um, there's a, there's, there's definitely a, a theme I feel like that I, I pick up whenever I consume your content and, and creativity is always at the top of it. Well, thank you. Um, I don't know if you've read the Rick Rubin's book on creativity, but in it, in his very first. Rick little... Rubin wrote a book about creativity. Yes. It's excellent. This is going to be the best thing that will happen from this podcast for me. Okay. Okay. <laughs> In the very, and it's basically a series of like, I don't know, 60 chapters, but each chapter is two or three pages. And he's just talking about creativity and different things. And in the very first one, so profound, he says that creativity is fundamentally human which is really interesting because in all the talk we have about AI, I always go back to the satisfaction of actually creating and it is fundamentally human. And there is something really um, satisfying and enriching about being able to create. The other thing is too, I think everybody is creative. I right. think creative ideas can come from anywhere, not just creative professionals. I mean, I've taken what was my hobby when I was a teenager and turned it into my profession. But I think, I mean, you and I both know we've been in meetings with a table of people from various backgrounds and various um, titles and positions in a company. And the finance guy can come up with a fantastic idea that has something to do with design or marketing or branding. I mean, we are creative. That's just how we think. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's something, I mean, whenever I, 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 whenever I look at like, you know, the, the, the animalistic side of, of the world, right? Like you, you observe animals and you think like, 
they they can create basic things like shelter you know they can create habitats which is cool but they don't create for the sake of creating right there's always something very primal about what it is they're doing and it is unique to humans in that we do just create beauty like i saw you i, I don't know if you made the post today or not as of this recording but i saw you you had a post about um the heart that was on the bottom of the of the sofa and you were like why somebody had to put this there to leave the impression of the heart so that when you pick your sofa up or it was a table or something off the carpet it leaves a little heart indentation it's, it's pure delight i know it's beautiful and it's pure delight and it makes me smile every time i think of it and when i saw it i went oh well that's perfect and um I, it's one of those ideas where you go, I wish I had thought of that. I could make a whole business making little feet for um, furniture. No doubt. And, you know, I think certainly packaging has been a big, uh, a big driver of creating little moments of delight. Um, and, and I'm sure there's a lot of brands that try to capture that. Some do it well and some don't maybe do it as well. It does. It does some of it feels very uh markety and gimmicky and other people just as a flow through in their brand and so um i think it was it was either it was you or it, i don't it might have been michelle obama or or oprah it was some really really smart <laughs> wait just a minute <laughs> i'm in the same phrase as michelle obama and oprah I i'm just I saying i don't know i can't remember i gotta believe it was vicky uh who said that your brand does not exist without its packaging, right? Like packaging is inherently branding. And so as you're talking through these, I these brands, that, by the way. you yes. did say that. Okay. I have well, said that. Yes. I do okay. say that. <laughs> um, as you're talking through some of these like brand strategies as a graphic designer who now understands packaging design, and I want to get to this book by the Sappy book is incredible. And I think that there's, there's a really, neat way in which stuff like this kind of comes into the play but how is it that you walk brands through that type of thing that the the heart and the carpet moments that that a brand can have in packaging is that something that you focus on and help brands through oh sure because that it all connects back to the strategy of what they're trying to do and if you look at the thing with the heart I mean, one of the things that happens for me online on, on LinkedIn is I find these things and people are really engaged because it's not just a observation. It's not an observation of what I'm seeing. It's actually an insight into what's happening here, why they're doing it and why people are responding. And so if you take the example, and for those of you listening, picture it this way, you have a piece of furniture that makes an indentation on the carpet, and then you move that piece of furniture and you have this flat little circle on your carpet and then it sits there and you kind of brush it out to get rid of it. But what if it, instead of a circle, what if it was a heart? And that's what this post was. So you take that moment of delight that didn't actually help sell the furniture because that it, this is a byproduct. So this is, and, you, and now we're gonna transfer this to, to packaging in a second. So you take that moment didn't help sell the product, but once it's in the house and someone sees that that's happening with that brand, the emotional connection now that someone has with that brand 
is so strong it makes the person be a repeat customer and so when you think about that economically for that brand and that company then you're getting into this customer lifetime value which means they're not just a customer once they're a customer multiple times and it's all of these little details that really help that Modern consumers want modern buying experiences and they don't just want them, they expect them. Beyond killer on-site buying experiences, consumers expect seamless experiences from checkout to delivery. And when things go wrong, and they do a lot, we know this in the packaging industry, they expect the brand to make it right and make it right quickly. In fact, 89% of consumers say they stop buying from a brand after just one bad buying experience. That's where label comes in. Label Protect is a brand-first, buyer-focused protection solution that's uniquely designed to make shipping issues a thing of the past. Instead of leaving your buying experience a chance, you can give your customers peace of mind at checkout knowing their orders are 100% covered from loss, theft, damage, and more. And with a 98% claim approval rate, 24-hour resolution time, and best-in-class revenue share, Label reduces customer support overhead, protects your bottom line, increases profits, and most importantly, Label keeps your customers coming back for more. Whether you ship 100 orders a month or 100,000, it's time to make the final mile part of your competitive advantage with Label. You can learn more by clicking the link in the show notes or going to LABLPX.com. That's LABLPX.com. I love it. And and it's not only that I think that they are they're a customer multiple times, but they become a sort of ambassador for your brand. And they go, you know, like their friends come over. Can you imagine this? Your friends come over to your house and you go, check out the coolest thing that my couch does. <laughs> Cause this is what I would do. And then you just like pick it up and you're like, look, it just leaves a little heart right there. And they're like, oh, what? And, th- and it's from whatever the company's name is. I, I don't know. I don't know who the company is, but it's from this company. And they're like, oh, is that person going to be like, let me go on Amazon and buy a couch right now or go to whatever website and buy a couch? Of course not. But when it comes to them having to buy furniture, whatever that person is, they're going to have a positive memory associated with that brand all because some engineer or designer somewhere was like yeah we could do that or somebody had maybe it's a finance person was like it would be really neat if we had a hearts that just stayed in the carpet like yeah. somebody had the idea and then somebody yeah. had to make the little the the thing right the well, somebody had to make a mold. mold of plastic or whatever that is that goes on the back on the bottom yeah i know yeah i know how it's there? it's pretty how, amazing how how have you seen this um i think there's probably a few examples where companies incorporate this into their packaging these little moments of these moments of delight that are like oh that was really that was really neat like i love it when a company this is just my own thing when you get a shipper box and you open it up and there's printing on the inside i I, love that (laughs) i just think it's so great because it's not that hard to do i know and it's an unexpected moment and especially if it's like a a hand signed thing or something like, like you just get a little you just get a little happy, happy moment when you're opening it up. And I just, yeah. I, I think there's something that's cool about it. Well, it's interesting because when, when that happens, I mean, there's, and I've designed boxes like this where you have the exterior of the box 
in the brown, right, in the corrugated, and the interior could be bleached. So it's almost like a reverse. Uh, so the interior is bleached. And then you can flood it. You can put color on it. You can put patterns. You can put a message. And what's happening, if you think about it, with packaging is you can purchase something in a retail space or you purchase it online and then you receive it in your home. And that time when you receive it in your home for the very first time is its own moment of truth. Just like when you're at the retail shelf and you decide to purchase that particular product of that particular brand, that is its own moment of truth. So when we're talking about packaging, and in fact, I'm in the midst of creating a presentation on this for SAPI as it relates to this standard seven book. But if you think about packaging, you have the impact of the packaging on the retail shelf, and then you have the impact of the packaging as an unboxing experience but further to that when you talk about the power of that that then gets disseminated across social so there's a sharing aspect when you feel this delight and you feel a little surprise and it can be really small so it could be a matter of you know you open up um, a carton and on the inside you flip up just picture say a um, some of the cereal boxes and you flip it up and there's a joke or like the first time in King of Pops where it has the little joke on, on the stick after you eat it down. It's those kinds of things that are really interesting. Yeah, I mean- And just that are fun. Even flipping into the, uh, uh, that we can dig into this uh, Sappy Standard 7 book, which is incredible by the way. Um, and I, I wanna hear about your work here, but like this first box that we see here where it's got some, it's got some, uh, a little bit of embossing on the inside. It's got, you know, it's got some cool print on the inside of it. There's, there's just little tiny moments throughout this whole box. And I don't even know if this is an actual product or not, but. Um, it's not, it's a, it's part of the. Um, if it were, right. I mean, it yeah. would be, it would be pretty great, but you know, just showing, showing off what Sappy can do on their paper. But if this were an actual product, like there's a lot of little moments of, of surprise and delight with a box like that. Yeah, there there really are, and there um, what's what's challenging in that is that for certain brands that are so cost conscious, they're only thinking about the first sale. But these are the types of things that impact repeat sales. So this is the kind; these are the kind of details that impact the loyalty that somebody has and the feelings. And how many times have you? um chosen have you bought something because of the packaging because you feel good about the brand because of the packaging and then you've got to try the product and the product has to live up to the expectation that the packaging set up and if it doesn't you're you're kind of disappointed but yeah. if it does then it's a really good match yeah and then you buy it again you know what's funny is on the flip side of that um like i hurt i hurt my thumb recently and i had to go buy this i went and bought i didn't have to i wanted to go buy this because it was killing me and and of course i'm a packaging person right so this is probably not something that everyone else would have but this is a pretty this is like at a walmart store not, not i'm just looking for the thing right and i get the box and i'm looking at it i almost didn't buy it because they just had like spot uv on it for no reason and i'm like why am i paying for a box with spot uv on it you don't have to yeah. put spot uv on this box just it's a regular old box. 
Mm-hmm. Just you're just just deliver on. I just want you to protect my thumb. I just want a box to protect the thing that's going to protect my thumb. I didn't need, I didn't need embellishments on this box, right? Yeah. And so sometimes it, for me at least, it, probably not everyone's this way. Most people wouldn't notice it, but sometimes for me it actually aggravates me when I see products that are over embellished on the shelf because it's like, oh, we're trying to grab attention. It's like you already got my attention by the fact that you're making a product that I need. I didn't need you. I, I didn't want to pay more for the fact that you're trying to grab my attention. It's how my dumb mind works, but. Um, no, but I think it makes sense because you can't just add embellishments arbitrarily. It's not just, oh, the, the like, just bling it up just to bling it up. It has to be much more authentic than that. Otherwise, you do lose people because of it. Yeah. And on the flip side of that, I'd be frustrated if I got a new Apple phone and they just handed it to me in a bag. I'd be like, no, That's no, right. I want the whole thing. I want the, exp- I where's my, uh, where's my Apple box? Like I'd be mad. I know. Even though I know how much those boxes likely cost. At least I could, I could guess better than most people, mm-hmm. but I, I'm not going to clamor for the cost savings of a few dollars on the box. Right. Like, That's- cause I like the experience of it. It, it reminds me of the first time I got an iPhone and it's, there's a nostalgia to it now. It's been interesting. Um, Can I ask okay. you a question? Please. How many saved Apple boxes do you have? Not very many. And I'll tell you the reason I don't is because I had to say it's okay to get rid of these. Um, yeah. I, I just, I, I started thinking like, well, I have a lot of packaging in my house, obviously, um, that gets sent to me, that I buy. That my, It's so confusing for my kids because they're like, can I throw this out? Do I recycle it or is this for work? Like they literally ask me that probably every day. Um, but yeah, I, I think I have one because I just, uh, my, uh, uh, we got my son a phone and I think I still probably have that box, but mm-hmm. I kept them because I kept thinking, well, what if I have to resell this? Is there going to be value if I resell it and it's still in the original box? And then once like, I kind of got over that, I was like, mm, I just threw them all out. So I, I asked, well, here's the reason that I asked. I do this presentation about um, touch and haptics. And the last time I did it, it was about, I don't know, 250 people in the room. And I started out by saying um, how important packaging is, kind of like what you said, packaging is your you know most important touch point, whatever. And then I asked them how many Apple boxes are in your closet. And I asked them to stand up. And the entire room stood up because so, the question is really how many of you have at least one? Stand up if you have at least one Apple box saved somewhere in your possession. The entire room stood up. Yep. That in itself tells you the power of packaging. It's true. And I would have stood up, right? Like I, I have one, but yeah. I used to keep them all and I didn't really have a reason to do it. Um, yeah. But something that I have kept and I want to get to here, I know we're getting a little bit close on our time, but... I, I think that we need to give a little bit of time because you, you were telling me about this, this Sappy Standard 7 book, and I already made a mention of it. Um, we'll have a link for you to go down and click on or an email address to send if you want to request your own copy of it. But it, it, I love it. I love it because it helps me as a non-packaging creative. Like, I don't, like, create graphics and I don't create die lines, right? That's not my job. But it helps me to pull something out and say, 
you know, kind of like my idea was kind of like this, where we could have some intricate die cuts and a print on the background. And I go, oh, yeah, that's really cool because creative people tend to want to touch and feel stuff and see things. And I just I, I love the creation of books like this because it enables people like myself to 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 go spur on creativity and others. So is that there, this is the seventh one of these, I'm guessing, or maybe they're just big fans of the, of the number or the movie. I don't know. John Elway. Uh, I'm guessing that there were six others before. Is that accurate? It is accurate. And they they specifically manufactured this to help people like you and help brands and help the marketers at brands and help the packaging designers know what the different techniques are and how to use them and to spark inspiration because this kind of book and for those of you that aren't watching and are listening it's a book it is probably i don't know an inch or an inch and a half thick of however many pages and it has folds and die cuts and a variety of textures um and it even has some scented inks and some some pages that are shorter and it it's got even one that's like a vinyl record i'm looking at and it's got the the record sleeves so the vinyl sleeves so it has all these things just to show different possibilities of techniques you can do on your packaging but it also is showing how important touch is when it comes to packaging and i think what happens in a lot of times is that the graphics get designed by the agency and then it gets turned over to the printer to the converter and then the brand has it and they're trying to figure out what's most effective or what do we need to do or what do we not need to do just like you're saying and there's a variety of techniques in here just to give people different ideas on the different ways that they can touch it so the whole point kind of what you said so that you if you're talking to one of your clients or one of your salespeople is talking to a client, they can say, hey, what about, I hear what you're saying. What if it felt something like this? What if it opened kind of like this? What if it was die cut like this? That kind of thing. What if we printed on the uncoated side like this so that on the inside you have the, the gloss on the inside? There's just so many different things. Or what if we use high definition inks, that's what that looks like. There's just so many different ideas in it. That was the point of making this. And the thing that I, I really appreciated about the whole book was, I mean, not only the beauty of the, the created pieces, I thought that was incredibly well executed and very well done, but it also engaged the, is it the left brain, the analytical side? Because at the back of it, it's got like that box that I was mentioning. And by the way, you said, if you're not watching or listening, then this is what we're saying. It's like, if you're not watching or listening to this podcast right now, I don't know how you're consuming it. Maybe, um, I, I don't know. <laughs> is that you what you me. said, watching or listening? You said, I don't know if you're, if you're not watching, if you're not listening. And I'm like, I, I, if, if you're not doing one of you're those two things, but you've reached this point, please reach out to me. And let me know how it was that you consumed this content. Uh, but so here in the back, right, like this box at the very beginning, it says insert box, 14 point C2S, which means coded two sides, four color, so four color process, plus chrome silver, plus spot gloss varnish, plus spot dull varnish, plus soft touch coating, 
plus sculptured emboss. So if I'm a brand and I go, this this kind of box looks awesome, I can call my converter and say, hey, I'm at, out of curiosity. Do you guys, do you have the possibility of doing something with all of these things? And now the converter, instead of just being like, hey, can you make this box? It's like, oh my gosh, I have to like make science out of this now. I've got to go through and I got to cut things up and I got to measure stuff and I got to look through a loop. Sappy just gave it to me. Like, this is how we produce this thing. If somebody asks you about it, and I can't tell you how helpful that is because then I can just say yes or no. And if it's a no, maybe you want to try this company over here or you can call Sappy and I'm sure they would have a suggestion as well. Yeah. So, well, and, and I think that's kind of the point. I mean, and one of the things that they always do in all their books is to put all of the production notes in the back. And then they also, um, in this one in particular, and I think all of them, they're 100% recyclable. So that was one of the um, parameters when this was manufactured. Wait, so you're telling me if I'm done with this book yep. that I can recycle this whole book in my curbside, yes. including yes. the binding? Yes. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just going to talk. Yeah, because the, even the binding is metal. So if the, if your if your single stream will take metal, you know, not all take everything. Like my single stream doesn't take glass. I have to take my glass elsewhere. Yeah, me too. Um, but if they take metal, yes. And all of this, this when all of this goes through the recycling and it gets dissolved and what happens to it, it's not industrial waste. It is in fact recyclable. Nothing turns into to industrial. Yeah. And they did that in very intentionally. They chose everything uh, intentionally. That is awesome. Well, like I said, um, I'm going to have, I'll, I'll have the the link here so you can contact somebody to, if you, if you want to request a copy of this. Um, I've really enjoyed it. I've made a few different videos on it. Um, I would encourage, I would encourage people to go get the book. I would also highly encourage you to connect up with Vicky. So uh, you can go to vickystroll.com, right? V-I-C-K-I-S-T-R-U-L-L.com. Um, yes. And you told me you're the only Vicky Stroll in the world. I am the only Vicky Stroll in the world. So if you Google me, it will pop up. But are you sure that there's not somebody who's been born to Mr. and Mrs. Stroll? And they were like, <laughs> Vicky, we're going to name you Vicky. And like before this podcast comes out, somebody's going to be like, no. We have I'm, given birth to the second Vicky Stroll. Well, I'll tell you a funny story about that. I was recently quoted in the Wall Street Journal. It's my first time I've ever been quoted in like big mainstream media like that. And I was quoted in the Wall Street Journal and I got a direct message, a private message in LinkedIn because someone found me and his last name was Stroll because his sister in Palm Beach read the article and called him and he's the keeper of their family tree. And he reached out to me to see if we were related, which I find really fascinating. That is crazy. Yeah. I believe there's a song uh, at Disney about something about a small world after all. <laughs> something like that. I don't know. I've heard I've something. heard of it. Yeah. something like that. Well, yeah. Vicky, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. Everyone go connect up with with Vicky. Go check out the. Her work online is awesome. Go check out the Sappy Standard 7. I'm sure 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, and 6 are also great. Um, so you can peruse those. You can peruse those as well. Vicki, I appreciate it. This will, we will not go another five years without having you. Thank you. Back on here. <laughs> and I also want to add, if you are at an event 
and Vicky is speaking, go to that place and hear her talk. She's an incredible presenter. Uh, you'll learn a ton. You'll be entertained and you will be very glad. Uh, we've all been to these conferences where sometimes the speakers, like when you come to mind, you're just like, yeah, I don't really know about that. Uh, so you'll, you're you'll, always good. <laughs> you'll definitely love going to see, going to see and uh, listen to Vicky. And if you go there and you don't see her or hear her, <laughs> then I don't know what you're doing. Uh, please, <laughs> please, please cue us in on what it is that's happening. Vicky, I appreciate it. Thanks so much. Thank you. Hey, congrats. You made it to the end of the podcast. If you're looking for more great podcast material in the packaging industry, please check out Sustainable Packaging with Corey Connors and the newly redesigned Package Unboxed with Avelio Matos. Go find them wherever you listened to this podcast. Thanks, everybody.